ora and welcome to the front page, keeping you up to date on the biggest news across New Zealand from the New Zealand Herald and Newstalk ZB. It's Tuesday, the 26th of March. I'm Francis Cook. Today's news includes a worldwide backlash against social media companies. Torrential rain causes problems in the South Island. Apologies and compensation after female inmates inappropriately searched. And a classic New Zealand album gets the recognition it deserves. Political and business leaders worldwide are turning against social media giants in the wake of the Christchurch terror attacks. Representatives from Facebook, YouTube owner Google and Twitter are meeting with the Australian Prime Minister this afternoon where it's expected they will be threatened with new restrictions and significant penalties. Ahead of the meeting, Scott Morrison said we need to prevent social media platforms being weaponized. He says if the companies don't show they're willing to make immediate changes to stop their platforms being used for material like the Christchurch shootings, the Australian government will take action. Proposed laws across the Tasman would make it a criminal offence to fail to remove the offending footage as soon as possible after it was reported. More details are expected soon, although it's not clear if Australia or New Zealand will follow the lead of Germany, which designated social media platforms as publishers and threatened them with fines of up to 50 million euros, that's 80 million New Zealand, if they fail to act on hate speech. Morrison has already said he wants to put a multi-country social media crackdown on the agenda for June's G20 meeting. Here, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has said she wants to meet with executives from Facebook and she wants social media companies to do more. But details of the meeting or an action plan are still pending. Our Attorney General David Parker raised social media problems at a Five Eyes meeting last August, but yesterday refused to answer questions about that. The changes in Australia seem to be the most concrete so far and could even result in Australian tech executives facing jail time if their sites don't drop videos of events like the mosque attacks. Channel 7's Tim Lester says it can be difficult trying to reflect ever-changing technology. Drawing that line in legislation looks particularly fraught because, if nothing else, technology will change what's achievable over time. So could social media be regulated in New Zealand? A media expert is suggesting we need an independent public regulator, like the Broadcasting Standards Authority. Better Public Media Trust Chair Peter Thompson says an independent regulator could develop a social media code of practice. He says it could also have the power to impose fines and take down content if needed. Thompson says social media companies would be expected to act quickly and decisively when instructed to remove objectionable material. If they dragged their heels or failed to act altogether, then perhaps there would be some redress through legislation. Thompson says it could oversee and, if necessary, change the social media algorithms used for online content. For example, when you log into your Facebook page and you have a set of news articles that have been prioritised for you, we'd be able to go and have a look at what criteria Facebook was using to deliver that content. Meanwhile, New Zealand's biggest advertisers are stepping up their boycott of Facebook advertising, writing a joint letter calling on the international advertising community to join the action.
In an open letter sent to the Herald, the Association of New Zealand Advertisers Chief Executive Lindsay Mowat and the Commercial Communications Council Chief Executive Paul Head call for immediate changes or the complete suspension of the live streaming platform. If these changes are not made, the executives want international advertisers to suspend their use of the platform altogether until Facebook ensures the spread of such harmful content can never happen again. This comes after a range of high-profile New Zealand advertisers decided to suspend their advertising on the platform. This includes major banks, ASB, ANZ, BNZ, TSB and Westpac, as well as a number of other major local advertisers. Lotto NZ and Tourism New Zealand have also suspended their online advertising since the attacks. An open letter from the nation's major telcos, Vodafone, Two Degrees and Spark, also called for action from the social media company. While all these organisations spend heavily on advertising in the New Zealand context, the support of global advertisers who tend to have more scale could help to nudge Facebook into action. The Herald's Damien Venuto says a global boycott could force changes. If you have a few big advertisers, I'm talking something like Procter & Gamble or Disney or companies that have pulled back on social media advertising before... In Europe, one group is already taking legal action against the tech giants. The French Council of the Muslim Faith says it's suing Facebook and YouTube for allowing the Christchurch gunmen to live stream the mosque killings. News Talk ZB's France correspondent Catherine Field says they're suing on the grounds the video encouraged terrorism and harms the dignity of human beings. Essentially, what they're saying is that the live streaming lasted for 17 minutes, Facebook were told to take it down, and that Facebook took 29 minutes to take it down. Days after the attack, copies of the video are still available on numerous websites. In France, broadcasting messages with violent content abetting terrorism can be punished by three years' imprisonment and a Euro $75,000 fine. That's $122,800 in New Zealand dollars. Facebook has responded, saying it quickly removed the live video that showed the killing of 50 people on March 15th. In the UK, a sad development, anti-Muslim hate crimes have increased by nearly 600% following the Christchurch terror attack. UK charity Tell Mama says there were 95 incidents reported on the day of the killings alone. Director Imam Abu Atta says 85 of those contained direct references to Christchurch. The victims' stories about what has been happening to them, it actually genuinely has been very, very, very stressful. In the past week, there have been sledgehammer attacks on several UK mosques and many Muslims have received death threats. Our Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says it's disgraceful. I think it's devastating to know that when a community has been the subject of a direct attack like this, that they would then be subject to threats. I think that's utterly despicable. The Prime Minister says she hasn't been advised of the same thing happening here, but is urging people who have been threatened to report it to police. Ardern says our intelligence services are taking any threats seriously. Back here, it seems the Prime Minister and Minister of Police are in favour of a nationwide gun register, something the government may be considering in the next tranche of gun law reforms. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern on breakfast this morning threw her weight behind a mandatory gun registry, 
following the terror attack in Christchurch, where the gunman used a semi-automatic weapon. She says on the face of it, it makes sense, although she is leaning heavily on the police for advice. Speaking to reporters at the post-Cabinet press conference yesterday, Ardern revealed police had recommended extra work be done around issues of licensing and the question of a gun register. She said the police would be looking at how such a register had worked overseas and if it made a long-term difference. At the moment, it's unknown how many firearms there are in New Zealand, but it's estimated to range between 1.2 million and 1.5 million. Police Minister Stuart Nash said on Q&A last night he was also in favour of such a register. He said he's asked for more advice from police about some of the more specific details to make sure we actually get it right. This time last year, the Police Association called for New Zealand to adopt a mandatory gun register after a survey revealed many police officers have been threatened with a firearm. Torrential rains for parts of New Zealand has led to slips, with roads and schools closed. The Westland District Mayor Bruce Smith has great concerns of flooding as rivers are reaching the same level as during the April 2016 floods that caused $30 million in damage. Torrential downpours on the West Coast have already led to slips and road and school closures, with some sites copping nearly half a metre of rain since Sunday. A strong and moist northwest flow is behind the exceptional amount of rain, especially around Milford Sound and Westland, ahead of an active front over the Tasman Sea. Mayor Bruce Smith says on the south of the Waiho there are significant dairy farms, the airport and a lot of tourism activities. So if the banks burst, they'll have to go into evacuation mode. Westland District Council CEO Simon Bastian is warning conditions are expected to worsen this afternoon. If you don't need to get out and about on the roads, please don't, particularly if you're a traveller heading to Queenstown, going south. Just wherever you are, stay hold up overnight, just to avoid travel at all costs. If things do go bad this evening, we'll keep the updates coming on nzherald.co.nz or on air at Newstalk ZB. Improper, invasive internal searches were carried out on at least 15 female inmates at Auckland Women's Prison, leading to apologies from the Department of Corrections and $375,000 in compensation. The actual number could be as high as 34 inmates, with Corrections offering a free phone number in case the number of those subjected to apparently unlawful searches was higher. Corrections National Commissioner Rachel Liotta said today an investigation revealed the internal searching was systemic at the prison and went on for over 10 years in a breach of policy. She says she deeply regrets it was ever able to occur and over such a long period of time. So far, 18 women have been contacted, of whom 15 have been paid compensation received an apology and been offered counselling. Of the 18, two women said they were not subject to a search. Discussions with another woman over compensation is underway. Leota says the prisoners were searched because they were believed to be carrying contraband internally. She says the issue was first raised in July 2013 by a prisoner who asked to see a prison's inspector. The inspector wrongly told the woman the search was permitted. The same woman made a complaint in August 2016, which led to the doctor being stood down from the woman's prison and the investigation being undertaken. 
Serial rapist Malcolm Rewa has been sentenced to life imprisonment for one of New Zealand's most infamous killings, the 1992 murder of Susan Burdett. The case, which has spanned 27 years, five trials, and saw innocent man Tana Porter locked away for two decades, eventually saw Rewa unanimously found guilty at his third trial last month. Today, the 66-year-old was sentenced by Justice Geoffrey Venning in the High Court at Auckland. After the judge ensured Rewa will never be set free, members of the public gallery began clapping. Justice Venning says Rewa remains a manipulative and controlling person who is a danger to the community. He says the evidence against Rewa was overwhelming, but he's never shown any remorse. You broke into Susan Burdett's home, you attacked her, you raped her and you killed her. They were is appealing the verdict. Alarming figures show every month dozens of cancer sufferers around the country are waiting more than two months to start potentially life-saving treatment. County's Monaco DHB has one of the worst track records in New Zealand, with some patients waiting up to 12 weeks for urgent cancer treatment. Records show the DHB has been slipping well below the government's faster cancer treatment target since August last year. The national target expects 90% of patients with a high suspicion of cancer at each DHB to be receiving their first bout of cancer treatment within 62 days. An oncologist told the Herald the length of time patients are having to wait is a serious concern and reinforces the need for a national standardised system. The Cancer Society's Dr Chris Jackson says all patients find waiting terrible. Every day you're waiting to find out the results of your tests when you're worried you might be, have cancer or that you've been told cancer and you're waiting to start your treatment, you know full well the cancer's not getting smaller. Dr Jackson says the current approach to cancer care in New Zealand isn't working. He says it should be recognised treatment is becoming increasingly specialised. Currently we've got a DHB-led approach to cancer care and in a small country like New Zealand that's just a dumb use of resources. Jackson says to improve treatment times, New Zealand needs to adopt a top-down approach. County's Manukau DHB spokesperson Brad Healy says there were three main reasons for the wait times, including workforce shortages, lack of resources and the administration process. New Zealand's environment watchdog says the government should crack down harder on carbon dioxide than methane and other biological emissions from farms. The Parliamentary Commissioner for the Environment, Simon Upton, has released a report recommending separate trading systems for fossil and biological emissions to help tackle climate change. News Talk ZB chief political reporter Yvette McCullough has more. Simon Upton says our current approach of forest sinks offsetting is risky. He says while it could help achieve a net zero accounting triumph, it doesn't address the real issue of the need to reduce our gross fossil fuel emissions. He says grouping methane and nitrous oxide emissions with forest sinks better aligns the environmental benefits and also acknowledges these biological sources are often co-produced and co-managed in New Zealand landscapes. The report marks a departure from widespread calls to drag agriculture into an expanded all-gases, all-sectors version of the current emissions trading scheme. Biological emissions from farms, including nitrous oxide and methane belched from livestock, make up about half of New Zealand's total greenhouse gas emissions. But Upton denies that his alternative approach would be letting farmers off the hook. He says while biological emissions would need to be reduced, 
That would not be to zero because of their shorter lifetime in the atmosphere. Climate change minister James Shaw says it's a thought-provoking document, but he's rejecting the recommendation to make the fundamental shift to focus on those who burn fossil fuels as opposed to farmers producing methane emissions. Shaw says he knows farmers will welcome the recommendations, but others such as the forestry industry will have a different opinion. You need to look at the recommendations as a set. One of the things that always worries me about these is that people kind of hook on to their favourite recommendations and then kind of ignore others. Shaw says the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report shows there's a narrowing window of opportunity to stay within 1.5 degrees C of global warming. Because the window is so narrow, he says planting trees to offset emissions is a necessity, at least in the coming decades. And lastly, the cultural fusion of Moana and the Moa Hunter's debut album, Tahi, has won the Independent Music New Zealand Classic Record Award. Black girl, the award aims to acknowledge local albums which have had lasting impact and that continue to inspire. Tahi came out in 1993 and was hailed for its blend of traditional Māori instrumentation and vocals with hip-hop and soul grooves. It hit the top 20, peaking at 16. But it was the song Black Pearl off the album that was the band's biggest hit, rocketing to number two in the charts and earning the group its first gold record. Moana Maniapoto will accept the award at the Tate Music Prize 2019 ceremony, next month in Auckland. Well done to them. That's the front page for today, Tuesday the 26th of March, making sure you're across the biggest news of the day. For more on these stories, check out the New Zealand Herald or tune in to Newstalk ZB. Don't forget to subscribe on all the main podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Or if you prefer to get your episodes or give feedback through social media, you can find me on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist, Twitter at Francis Cook and Instagram at Francis Cook NZ. Until next time, have a lovely evening. Mm-hmm.